excited to share with you guys today. And if you want to know a little bit of something about me, I have a really hard time keeping plants alive. Like most of my plants, oh, look, look at that. Like I can keep little humans alive, but I cannot keep a plant alive to save my life. So if you give me a plant, I love them, and then I give them to my best friend, and she keeps them alive for like years and years because I know I'm just going to kill them. You know, I often wonder, like, why is it so hard for me to keep this, a plant alive? Come on. But I think it's because it takes time. Like, you have to water it. What do you know? You have to water it. You have to pay attention to it. You have to take care of it. And if you don't, what happens? It wilts and it dies. And if you do, it looks like this. And I've only had this for like three days. That's why it's still pretty. <laughs> so if you don't take care of a plant, it will die. And unfortunately, I think, ladies, this is a little bit how some of us are. You know, we take care of everybody else first. We take care of our friends, our families, whatever it is, and we forget about ourselves. And we begin to wilt inside. Because if you're not taking care of yourself, and if you're not healthy, you ha don't have the strength and energy to give to anybody else. And something my mom used to always say is, Amber, unless you, you need to take care of yourself, or you're going to be a mess with for everybody else. And that is so true. We need to take care of ourselves. And most of the time I feel like, unfortunately, we like to hide and mask how we really feel. Like we walk around and we're like, I got it all together. My kids are cute, my husband's fine, my schoolwork is done, whatever, yeah, you're fine. <laughs> Anyways, I'm in charge today, honey, sorry. Anyways, we walk around like we got it all together when really inside we are a hot mess. We are a disaster. And we're just trying to keep this facade up, trying to pretend. I think one of the reasons is is social media blasts all over for all of us of what the best life should look like. And if you don't have this or that, then you're failing. And so you walk around like you got it all together when really you don't. You're dying inside. You're wilting inside. Sometimes some of it is we just can't admit our weaknesses. As women, I think we like to, like, I am strong, and I, I am strong, but there are times where I'm weak, and to admit that is really hard. For some of us, maybe you're like me, and you carry the weight of everybody else. You carry their problems, their hurts, their frustrations, and that really is just masking how you feel. I am totally guilty of this one. Or maybe some of you, you walked in this room today, and you are going through the motions. You are numb, and you're just going. And you have a smile on your face, but you're dying inside. I think that this is something that is so common for so many of us. And this morning, we're going to look at a passage that deals with just this. And I hope that this is something that will challenge and inspire you today. So I'm going to read, if you want to turn with me to Psalms 1, I'm going to read it for you quick. But it's this, blessed is the one who does not walk in the step of the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by a stream of water which yields its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prosper. Not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, 
nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. I don't know about you, but I want to be that healthy tree. I want to be that tree that is so planted so firmly in the word of God that I can withstand whatever storm comes my way, whatever hard stuff comes my way. But guess what? It takes work. It takes a lot of work. And it's probably the most important work that you could do for yourself. Because if you aren't healthy, it is going to affect everybody else around you. And some of you, you look so beautiful on the inside, but you're dying on the outside. Or in, on the outside, you look so beautiful, and on the inside, you're dying. Some of you, you are going through some really hard circumstances, but you're, you're still so full of joy. Like, how does that happen? And really, it comes down to what you're planted in. What are you feeding yourself? And so this morning, we are going to talk about some different circumstances and things that could affect your withering process. Uh, something that I can keep alive are pots of flowers outside. And I'm pretty sure because it rains, you know, they stay alive some. But I love to have flowers outside, and they're so pretty, and they're so fun to plant. And the last summer, I was so proud of my pots because they looked so pretty. And I remembered, like, one night seeing some deer outside, but I just didn't, like, think anything of it. Well, the next day, I was out watering, going to water the flowers, and all the flowers were gone. I'm like, are you kidding me? I just paid all that money, I did all that work, and the flowers are gone. So what did I do? I called my mom, of course. And I was like, Mom, you will not, I was this dramatic too. I'm like, you will not believe this. All my flowers are gone and I have to go buy all new ones. And uh. she's like, you need to slow down. She's like, first of all, Amber, the flowers are gone, but the roots are deep and they're healthy. And they've been watered. If you water them and you nurture them and you take care of them, they will bloom again. The flowers are gone right now, but they will come back if your foundation is planted where it needs to be. And the same as us. It's just like us. If we are not firmly planted in the word of God, we are in trouble. We are in trouble. This morning, we're going to evaluate where we are at by asking ourselves three questions. And I'm sure there's many other questions you could ask yourself, but I'm going to hit three today. And the first question is, what are you rooted in? What are you rooted in? That's a tricky question because you can be rooted in a lot of different things. And one of the things I think so many of us are rooted in, especially this past year, is the news. What do we do? Where do we run to look for answers? We run to the news. And guess what? That, the news is not producing life. It's producing death fear, anxiety, and if you're choosing to run to answers to the news, we're in trouble. You should be running to the word of God in times of uncertainty, in times that are hard, in times that you don't understand. Where are you running to? A lot of us, I think, myself included, I really like Google, okay? Google can give me like all the answers, right? But are we doing that more like, okay, Google, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? What do I do if this happens? Instead of running to the Lord and asking him what you should do, maybe for some of you, it's fear of the unknown that has just literally taken you down. And fear 
is dangerous it, because it will control you. And it will cause you to do things and not do things because you are so consumed with fear. And I think so many of us, it is so easy to get trapped by the things that could be instead of remembering, like, who's in charge and who's got you. Uh, when I was pregnant with Diella, my little, my baby, who's in the front row on this service, she's so cute. Um, she is, I have two boys and a girl, and when I was pregnant with her and found out that she was a girl, I immediately was, like, full of fear and anxiety. Uh, for some reason, I had this feeling that, like, she was going to be taken away from me. And I think some of it was things from my past that I felt like I didn't deserve to have a girl, that God was going to take her from me because I had chosen to live my life in another direction. And uh, then on top of that, I contracted a virus called CMV, and don't Google it because I did, and it's not a good one to Google, especially when you have it. And, it, you know, between Google and what the doctors told me, it was bad. It was really bad. And the chances of her even surviving weren't great. If she did survive, lots of things were going to be wrong with her. And I just immediately was trapped in fear. And it's in those moments where you do question who God is. But if it wasn't for my foundation, that is a season that I don't know if I could have gotten through. Because there were days where I was crippled in fear, where panic attacks would come, and I wouldn't know what else to do. I couldn't even open up my Bible, and I would just turn on worship music, and I would sit in his presence, and like, God, I know you're real. I have seen you move mountains before. I know that you can do it again, but I don't even have the strength, because right now I am so consumed with fear. Maybe fear is ruling your life right now. I don't know what it is for you, but at the end of the day, what are you rooted in? What are you rooted in? Are you rooted in something that will cause you to grow or something that will cause you to wither away? Question number two, what are the weeds in your garden? Here's what I know. I hate weeds. They're ugly. They grow. It's like you can't get them to stop, right? If one comes, another one comes. And not only are weeds ugly and annoying, they actually like affect the flowers from being healthy and growing. And I think the question isn't, do you have weeds in your life? The question is, what are the weeds you have in your life? We all have them. No one is exempt. I'm not just talking to the ladies on this one. We all have weeds, and I think it's super important to reflect and think about what are the weeds in my life? What are the things that are hindering me from being everything that I could be? And I do think that so many times we don't sit and reflect on those things. We just keep going through the motions. I'm fine, I'm fine. I got weeds in my garden, but it's fine. When you need to stop and like, okay, no. What is it that is hindering my growth with the Lord? And for some of you, maybe it's toxic relationships. And I'm not just talking to the teenagers on this one. Teenagers, you need to listen too. But this can be anyone. Do you have people in your life who actually are hindering your growth and hurting you rather than giving you life? Are there people in your life that are sucking the life out of you? Leeches. People that are making you do things you wouldn't normally do. People that are making you question things you wouldn't normally question. Are there relationships in your life that are causing you to wilt away? 
you need to address those. You need to put boundaries up on those. And some of you, you may need to let some friends go. And I know we say we got to love people, but Amber, we got to love people. And I love people. But I also have boundaries set up around me to protect me and to protect others. And if you have people in toxic relationships in your life, that will hinder the growth with our Heavenly Father. Do you have toxic relationships in your life? Another one that I think uh, is so common and for sure one that I can relate to is toxic shame. You know, shame is an ugly weed because it seems to keep growing back if we don't dig it up real good. And shame is something that I walked around with for a lot of years. Shame of not being good enough. Shame of feeling like I messed up so badly, even when I knew better, that there is no way that I could have forgiveness. And shame is nothing more than a humongous lie that Satan wants to throw at you so you stay stuck right there in that shame. And some of you have shame from years and years and years ago, and you've never dealt with it. And you're like, Amber, I'm an adult, or I'm a grandma and a grandpa now, and I don't need to do it. No. If you do not deal with shame, it will come right back and rear its ugly head, and it will hold you back from everything that God's called you to. Shame is not something we can cover up. You can try, but eventually it will suck the life out of you. For some of you, uh, maybe it's toxic chemicals, and you're like, oh man, Amber. Yeah, this one is like really strikes a chord with me. Because I have lost people in my life to chemical dependency. And it's not something I take lightly. And it's something that I will time and time again talk about. Because I have seen what it does to families and to lives. It ruins them. And you may be like, well, Amber, I don't have a problem. And you know, it's just every once in a while. Well, every once in a while, it maybe started like that for you. But now it's every day or every hour or whatever it is for you. Maybe it's alcohol. Maybe it's drugs but it's consuming you, and it's ruling your life. And here's what I think, and I have seen. So many times people say, well, it's just, it's in my family. So, you know, of course I was going to have a problem. Yeah, you get to end that. You get to end that. You get to break that chain right now. And if you want to live in that lie that, like, mm, it's just how it is, it's just how it is, you are only hurting yourself and your families, and the generations that come after you. It is so important for us to deal with that, and it's a hard one to deal with, and it takes work. And I know some of you, you have, you have gotten healed from that. You've gone through treatment. You've done things that aren't easy. It is worth it, because now you get to go help and impact so many lives around you. For some of you, maybe it's toxic habits. Maybe it's an eating disorder, something that you struggle with, and it's one of those things that you feel like you can control. And I think so many times we think like, oh, Amber, eating disorders, like only youth students struggle with that. Yeah, that couldn't be farther than a lie because it's something you can control. I have been there. I know what it is. And if you don't address the issue and get help, you will get trapped, and it will take you down and that is what Satan wants, but that is the opposite. God wants to use your story to bring glory and honor to him. And maybe for some of you, it's overeating. You just eat, eat, eat to numb yourself, to numb yourself, to numb yourself. Or maybe for some of you, 
It's exercise. I love to exercise. I am not saying ex- You cannot leave here and say, like, that's it. No more exercise, Amber said. I love to exercise, but it can consume you, that it takes over you, and that's like something you can control. You just run there. It's a weed. It's you're hiding everything else, and you're just diving into that one thing. Maybe it's shopping or gambling or pornography. I don't know what it is for you, but it's sucking the life out of you. And I think during this last couple of years in COVID, some of these really came to light for a lot of people. You thought you had dealt with it. You plucked the weed. You forgot to get its roots. And now it's coming back, and you're like, how am I here? How am I here? How did I get here? Because you didn't put the work in to get the weed all the way out. Some of you, it's maybe cleaning out unforgiveness. And unforgiveness is one nasty weed, and it grows like wildfire. Uh, Sometimes it's like, man, you want to kind of, we are tempted to think that unforgiveness gives us power, but really it just makes us a victim. And we're just trying to go through the motions of, I'll, I'll forgive them sometime. I don't really want, I'm just, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to. And then pretty soon it eats away at you. And then you're having a hard time trusting anybody because you have all of this bitterness and resentment towards people. Forgiveness is one of those that it's like, man, God desires you to be free of that. Forgive others for yourself, not for them. Forgive them. For some of you, this is a big one. Undealt trauma. We all have trauma in our life. All of us. And it looks different for everybody. And this past year was filled with trauma for all of us. Things changed in a heartbeat. Our life as we knew it was different. And some of you went through different trauma than I went through. And we all went through it. But with trauma, what we want to do is build walls. If our walls are high enough, then I don't need to deal with the issue of trauma. And that could not be farther from the truth. I am a big advocate for saying Man, when it comes to trauma, you need to see somebody to help you walk through that trauma. Maybe you have been abused or you are being abused, and I am so sorry. That is an awful thing, and it's something that you can't go on with alone. You need help. You need to seek out help. Maybe for some of you, it's trauma in your family, and it maybe happened years and years and years ago, and you're like, I don't need to go there. It's too messy. It's too hard. I can't go there. Oh, you know what that would require of me, Amber? Yeah, but it would give you life eventually. If you don't deal with it now, you will wither away, and you will continue to build walls. And those walls, they don't get stronger. They get flimsier as they go up higher because then you are just always going back to that trauma of what was. For some of you, maybe it's trauma in your marriage. Your marriage has been hard from day one. And you have never dealt with getting help. And seeking a counselor seems like a weakness to you. That couldn't be farther from the truth. Because eventually, if you don't get help, your marriage will be in pieces. And your kids will be affected by that. And the trauma that comes in marriages, it could be, I don't know what it is for you. Maybe you've been really hurt from your, by your spouse. And that's horrible. And I am sorry for that. But you also can get help and freedom to begin that process of healing and restoration. Maybe for some of you, and this is going to be one that 
for sure strikes a chord is trauma within the church. And I know a lot of you have faced trauma within the church. And you will probably never get an I'm sorry. And I am sorry for that. And that stinks. And that's not fair. But here's what I know. Man will always fail you. Always. Greg and I will upset you. We will disappoint you. But it's not about Greg and I. It's about who we are in Christ and what we are planted on. And if you do not deal with the trauma that you have faced from leaders or churches, maybe it happened six years ago, maybe it happened six months ago, it will hold you back from what God is doing right now, how he wants to use you right now. You're going to go in these seasons where you're like, oh, things are good. Amber and Greg are leaving. Do you know how many times people are like, are you guys leaving soon? And I'm always like, what are, you, what are you even talking about? Like, unless God tells me to lead, leave, I'm not leaving. But it's fear. It's this trauma that just, when things are good, that's when the leader, that's when they leave. Deal with the trauma now so you can be used to help move Zoe Church. So we can reach generations. So we can be a place where the lost can come in and find life. If you are not full of life, how are you supposed to give anybody else life? Maybe uh, you need to take a good look at what are the weeds in your garden that you need to just get out. Question number three, are there other flowers in your garden? And this is one I love to talk about because flowers together are so much more beautiful, aren't they? And that's what community looks like. We are better together. And this past year, we have seen what happens when we are isolated from other people, when we are isolated from community. It brings destruction. It's easier for Satan just to get you down because you're all alone. That's when we see anxiety. That's when we see depression. That's when we see people take a downward spiral because they have isolated themselves. We need community. We need other flowers in our garden. Something that Greg and I get asked quite frequently, and I find it funny, and I get it all at the same time, so hear me out, is, well, what are you guys doing to protect yourself? And I get it, because leaders fall, pastors fall. We have a target on our back. I am not oblivious to that. But I also think it's really funny, because I'm like, what are you doing to protect yourself? Who are you surrounding yourself with? You know, Greg and I, we have protection. We have people that are constantly speaking into our life. We have mentors. We have friends that know our deepest, darkest secrets that can challenge us, that can spur us on, that can make us better. And you need the same thing. Because I know if I fall, we're all in trouble. I don't just affect my life and Greg's life and my kids. I affect a church. And you're like, well, see, oh, I'm not a pastor. I'm off on this one. No. You have a garden. There are people that are surrounded by you. And if you don't have other people in your life that you get to be transparent with, that will pour into you, eventually you're going to just dry up and wither away. Surround yourself with people. We all have weaknesses. We all have insecurities. Find a community that makes you stronger. That is what is so beautiful about the church. A place where we can come together, where we can embrace one another, where we can be there for one another. And at the same time, we've got to be careful 
Because if we're going to embrace one another, we're going to love one another, tell me whatever you want to tell me, and then we're judgmental, we're in trouble. Because the last thing that I will ever allow in Zoe Church, and I'm sure Greg will not, is that, whatever, he won't either, is what I'm trying to say. I was like, I don't know where I'm going with that, is um, there will be no judgment in this place. None. We all have a story. We've all made mistakes. None of us are perfect. We need to embrace one another, run alongside one another. Do you have people in your garden? And maybe you're like, I don't even know how to do that. I am lonely. People say this to us all the time. I'm so lonely. Help me find a friend. What are you doing to find yourself a friend? Are you stepping out? Sometimes it's uncomfortable. All of these things, all of these things dealing with it, it's not comfortable. It's not fun, but it's so needed. And we're making it real easy for you because on May 30th, we're going to have a new life group launch. And you, I want to encourage you, if you are like, Amber, I need flowers in my garden, you better be the first to sign up. Get yourself in a life group. Get yourself surrounded with community. That is how we grow. That's how we move forward. Something that um, I am so passionate about are, are people being together to build one another up. Life is hard, and we can't do it alone. And so in closing, three questions that I want you to evaluate where you're at. Maybe you wrote them down and you need to look at them later today, or maybe when I was talking, you're like, yep, that's for me. Sometimes it's hard to acknowledge it. But if you acknowledge it, you're only going to get better. You're only going to get stronger. The real question, though, is like, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to put the work in? Or are you going to just lay back and let it keep happening? You're going to just live in the trauma. You're going to live in the unforgiveness. Or are you like, no, I'm done. Maybe you're like, I'm so stuck in an addiction. Yeah, why don't you stop it now in your family so it doesn't go out into your kids? What are you going to do? Take a step to be healthy, to be strong, to be rooted in what matters. Maybe you need to turn off social media, you need to turn off the news, and you know what you need to do is you need to get in the Word of God because that's where you're going to find your truth. That's where you're going to find your health, restoration. Maybe you need to seek out help. Maybe you need to talk to somebody. Maybe there's parts of your story that you've never shared before. And you need to find a safe place to do just that. What are you going to do to be stronger, to be healthier, so you don't wilt away? Then I think that we will accomplish everything that was said in verse 3. The person, that person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields it its fruit in season and whose leaf does not wither whatever they do prospers women we are powerhouses we are going to be used in ways that we've never dreamed god wants to use us all in unique ways and i am so excited for what's coming and what is happening here at zoe church but nothing that makes me more nervous is what if we're just a bunch of unhealthy people just trying to get keep moving and we are, we're all a mess, but we can get better. We can get stronger. Where are you planted? Where are your roots? Do whatever it takes to get healthier, to get stronger. 
And I would love to just pray as we close a blessing over all of you women. And so if you could all just stand, the women in the room. I'm going to just pray over you quick before we leave. Yes, women, you get to stand. Sorry. You're all looking at me like, should I stand? Yeah, you should. All right, I'm going to pray over you quick. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the women of Zoe Church. God, for every woman that has walked in these doors this morning, it's not an accident. And God, I pray whatever things that they are carrying, whatever hurt, whatever pain, I pray that they will leave today just a little bit lighter. God, that they will remember where their firm foundation needs to be. God, that they will remember they don't have to act like they have it all together, that they have people in their life that will rally around them, that will love them, that will help them through whatever hardships they're facing. And Lord, I pray just a blessing over the moms in this room. God, I pray on days when they feel like they can't do it again anymore, I pray that you will give them strength. And Lord, I pray for those in this room that want to be a mom so bad. God, I pray that you will comfort them, that you will let them know that you've got them and that you are walking by their side and that you've got a plan just to wait on you. And Lord, I pray for those that have lost their mom or have a bad relationship with their mom. God, I just pray, whatever that hurt is, that you will just meet them here today. God, you will bring restoration. You will bring peace. And Father, I pray that we will go from here today as Zoe Church stronger than when we walked in because we are willing to be refined. We are willing to work on ourselves to get better and to go back to what matters most, and that's being rooted in the truth. And in your name I pray, amen.